Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Saturdays with Jenny. With Jenny every Saturday from, from 9 to 11 a.m. On Kaya FM 95.9. Coming up right now, we are looking at wine. And because, as you know, it's been impossible to buy wine. It's In fact, in fact it's been impossible to buy alcohol for some considerable time uh, during the lockdown. It's easing up now. And I think the hours where you could go and actually buy alcohol um, have been expanded. Uh, but still no sales over a weekend. So what I've done is we've, we haven't done any of our lovely sommeliers. But we're going to start next month in October and uh, Eric uh, Willili Buta uh, is going to be our first sommelier but uh, but right now my m- m- everything that I'm doing is actually just adding to the knowledge that we have about our own South African wine industry and how it works and I hope it's actually been interesting for you and right now joining us on the line is Michael Fridgen who knows everything that you need to know about wine and then some and uh, and I've asked him to speak to to us about the Tim Atkin report. Now, I hadn't heard too much about Tim Atkin until I got back into wine and started, you know, visiting some of the estates and being with people who are mad about wine and, and helping me actually to, to learn a whole lot more. But Tim Atkin, if you want to follow him, it's absolutely fine. You just go online and, you know, he posts quite often. But he does a mammoth South African special report. And I think he tastes over 1,600 wines and he comes up with this report. And this year in particular, it seems to have caused, well, controversy and also elation because he has marked out of 100 two South African wines at 100 points each. And that is almost unheard of. So Michael Fridgen joins us on the line. And Michael, thank you so much. It's a pleasure and nice to be on the show. Tim Atkin and the Tim Atkin report, it is controversial, isn't it? Well, at one level, it's a very simple, good report. It's 200-odd pages. He tastes 1,380 wines. This year, the wines had to be sent to him in England because he couldn't come to South Africa to do the report, and he had lots of Zoom conversations with the various producers. The normal course of events, he would have been here. He's been doing this report now for several years, and he would have gone to the farms, talked to the producers, talked to the winemakers, sampled the wines in front of them, and arrived at his ratings. And two years ago, he gave his first 100-point rating, that was to the Canon Corp 2015, and this year he's done two. And we'll come to the question of 100-point ratings in a moment. On the positive side, firstly, it's a pretty definitive report of the top end of the industry. He also focuses on lots of very small producers because obviously they're more interesting in terms of, if you like, um, eclectic or esoteric taste. Um, He is very familiar with the South African wine scene. He's a master of wine with a very good palate and he writes well. So, you know, very clearly um, what he has to say about South African wine is of some importance. When you come to the 100-point question, or for that matter, to the overall report there, as I said, 1,381 wines tasted. Clearly, that's his idea of the top end of the industry. He's not tasting, um, you know, kind of bulk-end wines at all. Mm. And if over 1,000 of them score over 90 points, then, you know, firstly, while 100 points is 
a better achievement than 99 if you believe that there is an absolute benchmark. 90 points and more should still be reserved, in my view, for something pretty exceptional. Mm. When 80% of the report is at 90 or more, when there are 32 Shannon Blancs alone that are at 95 points and more, mm. you do have to ask yourself a little bit about the calibration of the scores. Okay, so uh, uh, just explain that. Okay, so there is no such thing as an absolute 100-point system for wine. You know, Robert Parker popularized it 30 or 40 years ago. Before that, it was a 20-point system, and it's pretty nearly impossible, or it was, for a wine to get 20 out of 20, and in the early days of Parker, for him to give 100 out of 100. So there was an old saying in, in, in the United States when Parker was still pretty much the defining voice of wine, where a retailer said, any wine over 90 you can't buy, and any wine under 90 you can't sell. And what it was saying is that the really important threshold for Parker was 90. At the old Mutual Trophy Wine Show, 90 points is a gold medal. In the latest judging, and I don't have the exact number on me because the results haven't been released, we're talking of less than 40 wines mm. out of a judging of roughly 800. So in my system, and that's not to say mine is necessarily better than his, a 90-point wine is a wine of distinction. When you get to 100 points, it's firstly a very subjective judgment. Secondly, Tim Atkin appears to me to make these allocations because they are attention-grabbing, which is not to say they weren't the best wines in his report, but increasingly people are only interested in 100-point wines. So finally what you do is you devalue the currency. In order to make a statement about a wine being very good, you can no longer give it 90 points and say it's a fabulous wine because people are out there saying 90 points, they're a down a dozen. I want a 99-pointer, I mm. want a 98-pointer. Mm. And so, if you don't mind me making an analogy partly about the schooling system, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, if you got three or four distinctions in the first-class pass, firstly, you were pretty much guaranteed access into any university course of your choice. And secondly, you knew you were highly employable. Now we know that there are a hell of a lot more distinctions being awarded, and people with seven and eight distinctions can't get into the course of their choice. People with four or five distinctions can't even get employment. What has changed is that we have so devalued the benchmark that finally, it, initially it looks wonderful. You get five distinctions and people remember how hard it was to get five distinctions. So they say, fabulous, you walk in with your five distinctions and you can't get a job. And that's because progressively all that happens is you devalue the currency. So that's my key objection to the calibration. I have a second concern about the methodology of the report, and that is that it's an entirely an engagement between Atkin and the producer. And that's a little bit like getting the parents and the kids to contribute some of the marks or to, con to, to participate in the engagement around which the school report is finally formulated. Whereas, and okay, this is my bias, I believe that blind tasting, label out of sight, 
So you are not influenced in any way by the marketing or by the spiel of the producer. Is a more objective way of assessing the quality of the wine. So you may say Tim believes in a sighted and discursive approach. I believe in a blind approach. But and, and you can't you can't really argue it except to say that if you're a consumer, you don't want to you you, you want the person who is guiding you not to have been in any way led by the nose himself. Okay, so so I mean I know you've just come back from the Trophy Wine Show. Uh, there, it's not just you doing the judging, though. It's a whole lot of people, including a very excited Mandla Patson. Absolutely, and so there is this very strong thing to be said in favour of the Atkin report, and that is that it is his palate alone. In other words, in no ways is it a collegial decision. Um, at the Trophy Wine Show, while it's collegial, it's certainly not average. In other words, every single wine is scored by a, pallet of th- a panel of three people, and they have to agree an exact score between them. So it's consensus-driven, and in that sense, each panel is directly accountable for the exact score. You don't have somebody giving it 80, somebody giving it 75, and somebody giving it 70, so the average is 75. They have to look at it, they have to discuss it, they have to say, listen, the guy on 80 is right, and the guys in 75 and 70 are wrong, or vice versa. So it's not an averaging system. Most wine shows work purely on arithmetical average, which means that in the end, the score is arrived at by a computer. But absolutely, to be fair to Atkin, it's his palate. He puts the score out there. He puts the scores out there, as I said earlier, much more generously. In terms of 100-point wines, Neil Martin, who who took over from Parker and now writes for Venice and has been their South African expert for many years, has allocated in terms of current release wines a 100-point score to the recently released um, Olorese from um, Malinieu, which is an absolutely fabulous wine. Um, and a few other people have given 100 points to very mature wines now at the very peak of their plateau. So... Um, this is unusual. Um, Atkin gives them more generously. And certainly, as I say, if you look at how many wines are over 90, his calibration is significantly more generous than any other judge working on the South African wine scene. Well, listen, I mean, that's really, really interesting. I mean, I haven't seen the report because I'm not paying £20 for it. But, uh, but you know, there's enough that is going around for me to gather what, um, what has no, actually been listen, said. It's a long report. It's 225 pages. Yes, no, 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 I'm sure and you And his industry is, is, is worth rewarding in the sense that <laughs> if you're that interested, um, you know, it's the price of a book. Um, and he does the work himself. This is uh, it's hard work. But... Um, and obviously he wants you to buy the report so you can't buy the summary. And uh, that's also only fair. Yes. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I'm not spending £20 on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Uh, and I've got you anyway. So, so what the heck. Michael Fridgen, thank you very much indeed. And uh, um, I really appreciate that. So, so, guys, if you see a whole lot of blurb, and there is a whole lot of blurb out there about the Tim Atkin report, there is a viewpoint from Michael Fridgen. And uh, I think he's got some, some really relevant points that, uh, that he made. But in any event, we'll be keeping you up to speed.
indeed. And don't forget as well that uh, we start with the sommeliers' choices uh, and that comes up from the beginning of October and that is a, a reasonable guide to some fantastic wines. And the sommeliers choose wines every single year anyway and boy do I pay attention to them. It really is just fantastic. Saturdays with Jenny. With Jenny every Saturday from, from 9, 9 to 11 a.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.